The following audio is from First Baptist Church of Conyers. More information about First Baptist Conyers is available at firstconyers.com. I'm so happy to be with you. Um, I am not JMO, uh, if you have not already realized. And um, I get the privilege today to um, get to teach, and I'm so thankful for that. I'd ask that you just pray for our pastor. Our pastor has COVID. And um, he is doing extremely well, though. Uh, his symptoms have been mild. Uh, he has been doing really well. He plans on starting back with daily devotions tomorrow. And he plans to be done with quarantine on Thursday and to be back with us on Sunday. But we just want to pray for him and ask for God to continue to work in his life physically. Um, he gives to us spiritually all the time. He is a shepherd and um, I'm a shell of a man that he is, and I'm honored to be able to stand here today, and I'm thankful that he would ask me to fill, fill in today. Um, and let me just say this, there's many today, there's not just our pastor, but there's many people today that are hurting. There's many people today, there's, I know of people that are directly affected within the music ministry that are suffering with COVID-19, that are suffering from cancer, that are suffering uh, from uh, surgery or ailments, um, and and then if we look outside of our church and then we look beyond the walls of our community into this world, and what a mess, what a mess we find ourselves in. But the hope that we have, church, the hope that we have is not a mess. In the midst of crisis and in the midst of a mess, we can find strength, amen, We can find hope because of a God that loves us and cares for us. There is nothing, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That's what the scripture says. It doesn't mean that there won't be a weapon, but it doesn't mean that it will prosper against us. And so I'm so thankful for that. I also just want to thank you. This Wednesday, I will have been here a year, and I just, I'm so thankful. Thank y'all. I'm so thankful y'all have been so kind to me and my family. You've been kind, and now we've just welcomed. We have about a a two-week-old at home, Um, so uh, we are running on low sleep, And uh, but she's been such a blessing to us, so thank you for your prayers, um, for the gifts and the calls and the concern. going to dive into the word this morning, and uh, I'm just so thankful for, for his goodness, aren't you? Let's pray. Lord, I'm so thankful. God, I know that we say that sometimes, and we don't mean it, but God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the blood that washed away my sins. God, I'm, I'm not deserving to stand here. I never, never really even planned to stand in a spot where I would would teach. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would remove me, God, that I would stay close to your text, that I would stay close to your scripture, God, that your, your spirit would speak through me and that I wouldn't have anything to say. By the end of it, Lord, it would be your Holy Spirit speaking through me to these people. God, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your power. And Lord, I thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today, we're going to be looking at uh, a scripture that's very near and dear to my heart, and it's Second Timothy one verses three through fourteen. Now, Second Timothy, Paul was writing uh, a letter of pastoral instruction to Timothy. When I was early starting on here, Jamo actually encouraged me to read through all of First and Second Timothy as a as a kind of passageway for me as I be, continue to grow as a pastor. 
So uh, the Timothy to whom these letters were addressed were being thrust into a position of responsibility, of responsible Christian leadership, but far beyond his natural capacity. So here, Timothy, he had been faithful with Paul on these missionary journeys. He traveled with him on his second and third missionary journey. And Paul had grown to trust Timothy. And so he's writing these letters to Timothy in a way to encourage him in his faith walk as he's beginning to minister to the people. So we're going to start in verse 3. And this, is, this says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience. As I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I might be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. For this reason, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of of God. We're going to be spending some time here, but for this reason in verse 6, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and of self-control. When I was, when I was early in my ministry journey, uh, 2 Timothy 1.7 was just this verse that really helped me through a lot. And if I'm being completely candid and honest, I knew that verse, but I didn't really know what surrounded it. I didn't know the instruction. I didn't even necessarily knew that Paul wrote this to Timothy. I just knew that I could, I could not have fear because Christ did not give me that spirit of fear. When I was early in my ministry journey, um, I, I faced many many trials. And and I'll say this, fear can face us in several different ways. It can face us mentally, physically, and spiritually. Maybe in a mental battle, you have a fear of acceptance, maybe fear of being alone, fear of never amounting to anything. Maybe in a physical way, maybe you've been abused in your life. Maybe, Maybe you don't feel safe in your home. Maybe you suffer from sickness or disease. Maybe you have spiritual fear. Some, some that I wrote down is, does God see me? Does God see me? Does he know where I am? Uh, can I lose my salvation? These are just thoughts that I've had along the way that I just wrote down. How can I face this t- sin and temptation? How can I face this? These are some fears that I've had, and, and I'll just encourage you, we can't lose. For those of us that have placed our faith and trust in Christ and accepted his gift, we cannot lose salvation. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. But those are questions that I've wrestled with in my life. And in my early ministry, I found myself, I, I had really no plans of being in ministry. I was in Nashville. I was pursuing a career, career as a songwriter and a musician. I went to school for music. I, I was very much a, a man of faith, but I'd been so hurt in the past by churches and different pastors that I decided this is not my route and this is not where I'll be going. And um, I finally came to a crossroads when I was at school where school was ending and I didn't have a job lined up. and I had student loan debts and I came to a place where I thought, I've got to go back home. And uh, many of my professors, they said, well, you should, you should work in a church, Zach. You should work in a church. And I thought, that's the devil. That's the devil. Uh, 
But really, I, I ended up starting to play bass at a church and ended up getting hired on staff there. And I was really, I was a shell of the man that I am today. And I began to face certain ministry trials that I didn't even know that I was going to face. Um, early on, uh, I became the interim worship pastor at the church I was serving. I was serving uh, a choir of 80 people with people that were two and three and four times my age. I was about 22, 23 years old. Um, I was struggling with depression and fear and anxiety. I was wondering, why did God take me from such a great place and put me here? How did he allow this to happen? Uh, I began to live out of, out of a state of really depression and fear. I started to have action out of fear. I started to, to navigate my life out of what I dictated was the right way and the wrong way. And I really believe that I had this fear cloud surrounding me. So much so that, um, that my appendix ruptured um, at about 2015, 2016. I'm not exactly sure the date, but my appendix ruptured so bad that I was in the hospital for five days. Um, append- your appendix rupturing, you should be in the hospital maybe for, for a day, maybe, maybe two at most. But I have what you call granulomas appendicitis. And uh, my appendix ruptured so bad I was in the hospital for five days and I was out for a long time. So as I, as I said earlier, we can, we can suffer from mental fear, physical fear, and spiritual fear. But if we allow ourselves to be spiritually dead, it affects our physical and mental. Amen. Our spiritual health, if it's not, if it's not where it needs to be, it will affect our, our, um, our physical health and our emotional health. And God really, I lived Psalm 23 too. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He made me lie down. He made me get down. He made me realize, hey, I didn't, I didn't not see you coming here. This is no surprise to me. I didn't allow you to become in ministry. This isn't your doing. I know what I'm doing. And I began to follow after him. So we'll pick back up in, in 2 Timothy. This is verse 1-6. For this reason, I remind you to fan in the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying down of hands. This verse became very very evident to me as I was looking at verse 7. It was so close. Uh, fan into flame the gift of which God has given to you. And I was thinking, what, what is this? What does it mean to fan into flame? <laughs> what, is, what does this mean? And I was reading a, a commentary. It says, even as he wrote, Paul felt the approach of death. And he knew that time was to pass the torch had come. By virtue of this letter, the flame of divine truth passed on from my hand, Paul, to the hand of Timothy and eventually to the hands of us. So I, I think of Paul was on his deathbed. He was a prisoner. He knew the time was coming near. He knew that this message needed to be given to Timothy. And so he, he writes this letter to him and he's encouraging Timothy, fan into flame the gift Kindle afresh this gift. And this same commentary wrote, The gift of God is both the ability and the privilege of preaching and teaching. Timothy had received the ability to carry out the duties of ministry, which Paul and the elders in Lystra affirmed in his ordination. Today, Paul might exhort the young preacher, keep studying. So this letter that Paul had written to Timothy, fan into flame, Timothy. Don't give up, Timothy. Don't give up. So me as a young minister, 
hearing that word, Zach, don't give up, keep going, keep going. But still, I lived my life in the confines of fear. I was functioning in this spirit, per se, of fear. So then Paul writes in verse 7, this is the familiar verse for me. I don't know if it's familiar for you. But for, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of self-control. What spirit did God give us? What spirit did God give us? It says that he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of self-discipline. I can tell you, I was sitting in my office uh, when I was at this church job and I was early in ministry and I remember God saying, if I didn't give you that, what did I give you? If I didn't give you the spirit of fear, what did I give you? And it was like he spoke over me. I gave you the spirit. I gave you the spirit, the Holy Spirit. And later on, we'll see that this is actually written in Scripture. That's what, that's what he's talking about. So what did God give us? Did God give us a spirit of fear? No. Fear comes from the enemy. I read that it's mentioned around 365 times in the Bible to fear not. Fear not. A couple of verses I'll read a few. Psalm 34, 4 through 5. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 46, 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though in waters roar and foam, through the mountains tremble and its swelling. Isaiah 41, 13. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. Luke 14, 27. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you, I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Psalm 91, 4 through 5, he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Genesis 50, 21, so do not fear, I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Deuteronomy 3, 22, you shall not fear them, for it is the Lord your God who fights for you. Psalm 27, 3, though an enemy a camp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war rise against me, yet I will be confident. It is clear. It is clear. It is clear, church, that God does not want us to fear. It is evident throughout Scripture. It is evident throughout Scripture. And over and over and over and over again, God says, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, for I go before you. Fear not. So me as a young minister hearing this and reading this, I realized that I was functioning in a spirit that God did not give me. I was functioning in a spirit of fear, and that was not what God had given me. God had given me self-discipline, power, and a sound mind, which is the Holy Spirit. So as we continue here, uh, it seems clear throughout Scripture, God does not want us to fear. As a Christian, a benefit of our inheritance is not serving fear. Maybe you've even, for me, I can say this for me, you've given authority to fear over your life. Maybe you've given it a place to have home. Maybe you've begun to speak 
things such as fear over your life. Maybe you've given authority where authority wasn't supposed to be given. So fast forward a little bit in my journey. I, during that time, my appendix ruptured. I actually was able to, to come back to church, was working, and I began to, to function in a way of, okay, Lord, if you've got me here, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to serve after you. And this, this entire time, I had been single. I had been praying for a spouse. And I got really serious about praying for a spouse after this time. I said, Lord, I don't, I'm a minister. It gets weird when you're dating people in the church. Amen. Amen. So I began to pray and say, Lord, where's, where's my wife? And through a, uh, it's a story for another day, but the Lord brought Brianna into my life. Uh, I was working about two hours south from her. She was living in Athens at the time, so I knew that I kind of needed to move churches to a different area. So I moved, and we began to pray for a baby. And um, there's been a few, I'm leaving out a few details, but uh, we began to pray for a baby, and not long after that, we became pregnant. And we were so thankful and uh, a lot of my wife's friends had had trouble with infertility, and so she was very feel, fearful herself of, well, how can we become pregnant? Is this going to be a reality to us? Will we, will we have issues first becoming pregnant? Will we uh, will be, have troubles with infertility? Um, so as we were praying, we became pregnant. And I remember her saying, man, it seems just so easy. It just seems like, how, how could it just be this easy? How could have God have done this for us? And uh, I said, well, God is good. He's good. He's faithful. And we continued to go on. And fear continued to creep into me and my wife's mind. And sure enough, about five or six weeks later, my wife miscarried our first baby. So you can imagine, for those of you that have gone through that, you can imagine the fear that comes over you, the fear that you think, "How I just lost something that I've never met, but I know that it's God's creation. And we, we continued to do life, and we continued to pray for a child, and not too much longer, we got pregnant again. And I thought, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're, we're going to have a baby. This is going to be great. Same thing, about five or six weeks later, we had another miscarriage. So you can imagine, especially for a woman, the weight, the weight of, I've lost two babies, and how is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? How could God allow this to happen? Why, why did God let this happen to me? Those were some questions that I asked, and I know that my wife asked. And fast forward to, it was a long season after that that we, we couldn't get pregnant. We began, began to ask questions like, maybe, maybe God doesn't want us to have kids. Maybe, maybe that's not in our cards. Maybe, maybe we'll never have kids. Um, it became a point in our marriage where it was just, it was, it was, it was hard. That's the best way I know how to say it. Then uh, this past January, we found out that we, we, uh, we were pregnant again. But we had all this weight with it. We had, I've lost baby one, I've lost baby two. So week one came along, week two came along, week three, week four. Week five, big week. Week six, big week for us. We made it past that. We, can, we continued to go. And, 
and there was a lot, my, my wife was like, why don't we share? Why don't we share? There's so much pressure these days to share stuff on social media. And, you know, why don't we share? Let's share this and let's tell everyone. And my wife and I, we struggle with the fear of, we don't want to, what if, what if, what if we've already been through this twice? What if, what if this happens again? Three months come along, six months come along. We went to the Grand Canyon with our, with our family, with my father and mother-in-law. It was the most beautiful scenery I've ever seen, just of God's creation. And we had this, we had this little onesie that we were going to hold, and we, we held it, and we had our picture made over the Grand Canyon. We're going to tell our little girl that, hey, you were at the Grand Canyon. And such an exciting moment. But even then, we still we didn't want to tell anyone because we were so afraid we were so afraid that this baby wouldn't come to pass. Fast forward to even about a week and a half ago, this is the same baby. I'm going and driving my wife to the hospital because she has preeclampsia and her blood pressure is high. And I'm thinking, oh Lord, we're so close. We're so close, but her blood pressure is high. We ended up going to the hospital twice. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's good. Baby's heart rate's good. Mama's good. Just need to go on bed rest. It's hard to get a mom with a hard head to get on bed rest. <laughs> Amen. So she, so, so we fast forward and then they said, okay, uh, the preeclampsia is set in and you, you're going to have to have a C-section and it's going to happen today. And so you can imagine the look on our faces and, and luckily, it didn't, didn't happen that day. We ended up scheduling it for a week later, 37 weeks. But right up into that day, I remember walking, walking into the OR room. There, there laid my wife. And, and I, I will admit I had so much fear. My stomach was just twisting and turning. What if my wife and my baby, what if I lose both? What if I lose both of them? And, and I began to pray, and I'd been praying, and my family had been praying, and we're sitting there, I was sitting by her head, and, and I'm just, ner- the look in my eyes, I'm, I'm looking back at pictures and think, wow, you just looked, so fear was just over me. And they said, okay, do you want to know, because we didn't know the sex of our child, so we, the doctor said, do you want to call out, do you want to call out the sex of your child? And I said, no, I don't want to look down there, uh, I don't want to look, I don't want to look that way, so y'all are going to need to just kind of. Pull, pull the sheet down. So they pulled the sheet down and they pulled out my baby. My baby had both of her arms raised. She had both of her arms raised. And I don't know, I took that as a sign of it's going to be all right, Zach. It's going to be all right. And my baby was alive. My baby was happy. My wife was, my wife was alive. There was no complications. Uh, we, we had even heard earlier in our pregnancy there might be complications, there might be uh, some birth, birth defects. We didn't know. We didn't know. We just trusted God. In the midst of fear and trusting God, we're, we said we're going to love this baby regardless. If it's a boy or girl, if it, if, it has, if it has any issues or not, we're going to love this child because God's given this baby to us. And so it was just such a surreal moment when they pulled her out and there she was. And she was alive and she was whole. And then I'm going to pick back up here in 2 Timothy. Therefore, I'm not ashamed of my testimony. Therefore, I'm not ashamed of my testimony about the Lord, nor me, his prisoner, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. See, I couldn't couldn't stand here today and say God was faithful in the midst of our first 
miscarriage. He was faithful in the second miscarriage. And he was faithful in the birth of our child if he wouldn't have allowed me to walk through it. Do I think God did that to me? No, but I think he allowed me to walk through it so that I might not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor me, his prisoner, but sharing in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. That's what I believe. God allowed me to walk through that so that I might minister better through my pain. I believe God allowed me to walk through that. Verse 12 says, which, I, which is why I suffer as I do, but I'm not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and I'm convinced I'm convinced that he's able to guard until the day of what has been entrusted to me. Follow the patterns and the sound words that you have heard from me in faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And listen to this. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. What does the Holy Spirit give to you? He is a security deposit of what we have in our inheritance with Christ. So this spirit of fear that I lived in throughout my early ministry, the same fear, different worries. Same fears, different worries. I was worried about would I be alone all my life. I was worried would, would I ever get married. I was worried would I always, would I always be at, uh, at this ministering from this position. Would I always, would I always, there's so many questions that I have. Would, would we never have a child? Would, would we have to live with this in our marriage? I had the same fears, but I was living and functioning through a spirit that was not mine, that wasn't given to me by him. But yet we have this security deposit from Christ, this Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit that lives within us, that is power, self-discipline. This same uh, commentary that I was reading, the spirit in this verse should be spirit with a capital S. Paul, referring to the Holy Spirit in verse 114, strongly suggests the divine spirit here. The competence for ministry never arises from the minister. It's always a result of God's Holy Spirit. It's always a result of God's Holy Spirit. We might be timid. We might be timid as Timothy apparently was, but the Holy Spirit is bold. Our competence might falter, but the spirit never fails. We might lack confidence, but the Spirit of God never disappoints and never suffers uncertainty. We have the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit that we have. Fear has no place in the heart and life of a believer. I'll say this in closing. 1 John 4, 19, this is how we know. This is how we know that we live in Him and that He in us. He has given us His Spirit. Verse 16, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Verse 17, this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence. Do you hear this? That we will have confidence on the day of judgment in the world we have like Jesus. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. Because of God's great love for us, he sent his son to die for us so that he might pay the price of our sin debt. He paid it in full. Him, one man, was good enough to pay for all of the sin of humanity. He paid the sin debt 
There is no fear in love. And then he gave us his Holy Spirit to live through, to live with, to guide us. Not for us to work in tandem with, not for us to stand next to and hold, hold his hands. No, he's our leader. So many times I see that bumper sticker, God is my co-pilot. No, God is my pilot. Amen. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not piloting this thing. I want the Holy Spirit to lead me. And that means that I might need to step away with my fear and my anxieties and my doubts. I might need to step out of the way and allow the Spirit, which is already inside of me, to function and rule and reign. Amen? The Spirit that God gives. God does not give junk. God does not give us things that are junk. He gives us an inheritance. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us grace, and he gives us love. I know many of you today, your hearts are troubled. Many of you, your hearts are troubled. Uh, We could ask for the raising of hands. How many in this room have been affected by COVID-19, either directly in your family, from a family member or in a close friend? I had a friend of mine, of my wife's, I literally was just talking to him a month ago. He's 29 years old, passed away last night. In this life, we will have trouble. We look on the news and on the media and platforms and we, we see just chaos, utter chaos everywhere we look. We see chaos everywhere we look. But we, but we as the body, but we, Fan into flame, church. Fan into flame the gift of God. Fan into the flame the gift of God because he didn't give us a spirit of fear. So when the war is wage and when there's rumors of war and when we, we hear rumors of the virus coming back, going away, whether how we should react, what should we do, how should we react How should we react to this? By the power that's in in me, by the power vested in me, not of me, but the power that's in me, the Holy Spirit, we should let him lead. We should let him rule. We should think about what we speak over our families. We should think about what we say to to our friends. We shouldn't allow ourselves to speak negativity over our lives. We should speak what the Spirit says about us, what he believes for us. Amen? So I just want to encourage you this morning. I'll close with this verse, John 16, 33. I've told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. But take heart. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Church, he's overcome the world. And we don't have to live in a state of fear, wondering what's going to happen next. We know what's coming, whether it's in three weeks or whether it's in 300 years. We know that he will return. We know that he'll take his church home. We know that we'll live in eternity for those that have placed our faith and trust in him. We will live in eternity with him forever. So live like it. Live like it. Live like you have an inheritance that lasts forever. Be the flame, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. Would you pray with me? God, you've been so good to us and you've been so faithful. God, I pray, Lord, that we would be reminded that fear has no place. Fear has no hold. It's not allowed. It's not even allowed in this place because you didn't give it to us. God, you gave us your spirit. 
God, we didn't deserve your spirit. We didn't deserve it. But God, out of your goodness, God, you gave it to us to be our guide as we're here on earth. So God, would you just continue to work in our lives? God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Conyers, located in Conyers, Georgia. For more information about First Baptist Conyers, please visit us online at firstconyers.com.